0: This is a News Laundry podcast, and you're listening to NL Hafta.
1: Angreze apna lagaan, or News Laundry apna hafta, kabhi nahi tang. Welcome to the 300th episode of Hafta. I can't imagine we started this 300 weeks ago, and we haven't missed a single week, which is why we say Angreze apna lagan or News Laundry apna hafta, kabhi nahi chhorte, no matter what. So congratulations, dear team. It's wonderful, too. Congratulations Congratulations
2: to to all of us.
1: So, Anil, who has recorded most of them, thank you, Anil. He's recording this from office. Yes. And thank you, Lippi and Aditya. You are, I think, the third and fourth producers, respectively, of the Hafta. And um, thank you for your wonderful production, which often sometimes also is not so wonderful, but (laughs) that is for another day. But then even the panels are often unprepared. Uh, now, before I move on to introducing the panel and where we all are, I'd just like to point out to the subscribers and listeners of our Haftas and others, our uh, readers of our website, that our website is Modi ji's good day. promise that it's never Well, two days ago, we launched a new website. I'm sure many of you have seen it. It has incorporated many recommendations that have come from you, dear listeners and subscribers. We sent the beta version, test version to many of you. You gave your inputs. Many of those inputs have been already incorporated. Some more are being incorporated. In fact, one of our subscribers, who is uh, visually impaired has recommended how we can make it better uh, for people uh, you know uh, with visual imp- uh, who are, who are uh, inhibited visually to be able to uh, use the website. We will be doing that as well. So finally, we have launched, and based on the feedback we received from you over the next two or three months, the app will also be launched. So it is not Mobiji Zatchidin our website is actually coming. So, let me introduce the panel. Uh, we have in the office Raman Kripal and uh, Manisha Pandey. Hello! Hi. Joining us from Chennai is Jayashree. Hello! Joining us from Patna is Anand. Hello! And on the 300th episode, I am recording from home in case you're wondering why. Uh, three days ago, our uh, accounts team member uh, Kamlesh tested COVID positive. And on that day, I was sitting with him uh, much of the day and signing checks and stuff. So therefore, uh, my team has requested me not to come to office and stay away. Although I think it's a bad excuse to keep me away from office. Although he
2: was trying to like, give it to us. Sorry. Why is it a bad excuse? We just don't want to get it from you.
1: But uh,
2: I don't... You, you, I'm feeling
1: fine.
3: You could be asymptomatic and uh, caring. So anyway, it. I'll get
1: tested day after tomorrow and then I can come to office. But I wish... I wish I had, this had happened before I had signed the cheques. Then you'd tell me to come to office.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That, that is true. Then we would have made you come.
2: If it does Corona, check sign. Kar do. Check sign kar do.
1: So, no, so that is why I'm not in office today. Otherwise, I would have loved to be in office and record it with everybody on the 300th episode. But uh, on the fifth day, I shall get myself tested and hopefully I shall be back in office. Meanwhile, Kamlesh is doing well and hopefully he should be back in office soon. Manisha, let's have the headlines. And then I have a few more announcements about the new website and what all we'll be doing. I'll tell you that after the headlines.
2: So the headlines of the week. Centre throws open JNK for land sale. Gupkar parties term it a huge betrayal. So basically in Kashmir, now urban land and immovable property in Jammu and Kashmir, not just Kashmir, can be purchased by residents of any state. Facebook's senior executive Anki Das has quit days after parliamentary panel questioning. Finance Minister Nirmala Sitaraman has predicted GDP to be negative or near zero in current fiscal. We knew this, right? I mean, we've had this announcement before also. I don't know why Yeah, they, I mean, it was yeah. predicted
1: by others. I don't think she, okay, had she admitted said to so it. Other, other agencies had said so.
2: In the third edition of 2 plus 2 dialogue, India-US Inc. a military pact and set stage for expanding collaboration. Our External Affairs Minister S. Jai Shankar and Defence Minister radnath Singh held talks with the US Secretary of State Mike Pompeo and Defence Secretary Mark T. Esper. And both were assisted by top military and security officials. A very gruesome uh, murder captured on camera made news uh, two days ago. A 21-year-old woman was shot dead outside Faridabad College. Uh, Both accused have been arrested. CBI charge sheet details six hours of inhuman torture in the case of Jairaj and Benik's case. This was in Tamil Nadu in June. Male government employees who are single parents can now take childcare leave. Uh, Delhi High Court has suspended three-year jail term of former Union Minister of State for Coal, Dilip pray in the coal scam. Pending salaries of Delhi, doctors were paid after mass leave and strike was called off last night. The High Court has monitored a CBI probe into the Hathras case. The victim's family will get CRPF cover. This is the Supreme Court order. Children could be spreaders or super spreaders of COVID-19, say ICMR. So, one more reason to not have children. (laughs) <laughs> One dead, over 24 injured in firing stone pelting during Durga idol immersion in Bihar's Munger. This has captured a lot of um, headlines across television channels and news. I think Anand can tell us a bit about what exactly happened here. There have been yeah, calls. Discuss
1: in some detail. There many conspiracy theories going Yeah, There has yes. been
2: calls to uh, suspend uh, Lippi Singh, who is the superintendent of police there. She has been compared with General Dyer and all that. I mean, Chirag Baswan took potshots at Nitish's government for this. Uttarakhand CM Trevinder Singh Rawat has moved Supreme Court as the High Court in Nainital has ordered a CBI probe into corruption charges against him. Very interesting case. We could discuss this a bit. Maybe just give a bit of details on this. In completely unprecedented... This is when we can... you know, at least say like RSS and Navika, unprecedented, never, ever seen. Four channels apologized after an NBSA order directed them to do so. Aaj Tak Z News and India TV apologized for their insensitive coverage on Sushant Singh Rajput's death. Aaj tak Do apologized a day later. We can claim impact because we send them questions asking them, why didn't you apologize? And that evening they apologized. So NL impact. <laughs> and Times okay. Now has apologized for derogatory remarks that they passed in 2018 against Samjukta Basu who's an activist i think and they called her hindu hater and all that she took mm. them to nbsn nbs said that this was unfair and you must apologize for it even they apologize so never ever have channels before apologized so this is a, this is the first uh, eight dead and 110 injured in blast at a religious school in peshawar wave of new covid-19 cases hit across us and europe as winter looms delhi's also recorded this highest single day spike with 5673 new cases on wednesday we're recording this podcast on a thursday Smriti Rani has tested positive for COVID and Pope Francis supports same-sex unions.
1: Uh, But yeah, we'll discuss in a little more detail. There may be some nuance to that. Um, uh, But yeah, it's it's a big announcement. There's
2: also been some international headlines with France uh, where Turkey has condemned the Macron government for supporting cartoons and the cartoonists and basically saying that his utterances after the beheading have been Islamophobic and Francis said that no matter what, we will stand up for liberal values. That's created quite a lot of division in the world.
1: I'm not sure that's government versus government. It seems more like uh, Erdogan saying that this man is mentally sick and he needs help. It's it's more about...
2: Imran Khan also said that we will boycott uh, French products and we should boycott France and all that. He also. So,
1: uh, yeah, it's a news-packed week. We'll start with uh, Bihar because we missed Anand last week and there were several letters about Bihar, etc. But uh, like I said, we hope you like our new website and our new podcast player. We have built an entirely new podcast player based on much of the feedback that we got from you, dear subscribers. So I'm going to list out the things that I have been instructed to say by Chitran Shoo, our product lead. Regarding the new website and the podcast player, you know the website is up. Thank you for your feedback and those who pitched in and when we had no developer, by the way, there was a time when we didn't have a web developer. That time the website was kept stable by many volunteer subscribers, guys. Uh, so you should know this is, Newslandry is truly a collaborative effort. So many of you had chipped in and were solving up problems and making sure those glitches go away. Now we have a better payment flow with Stripe and PayPal and the gift subscription feature. So all of you who used to write to me saying yeah, i subscribe to Kalita, but your payment gate is bad. Uh, then the podcast player, we have worked on majorly. You can check it out. We have several features that you wanted. Do give in feedback. We'll keep improving it because it includes all the features that Microsoft likes. It has download. It has speed control it. You can queue it up. You can skip to specific topics within an episode. There is a feature where we have about the podcast, what is being discussed where and you click on that and you go to directly that segment and we are still making a few changes. So do give feedback. You can write in to us at contact at com or write to me directly at abhinandansekhri at gmail.com. Your feedback is going to be shared with the developers so we can keep uh, improving on it. And regarding the paywall, I know I had said that as soon as new website goes up, we'll pull it behind the paywall. Well, we won't. It'll continue to be free for two more weeks. Why will it be free for two more weeks? Because you we want to give you enough time to try it out, get accustomed to the new features, to the new player, and then we put behind the paywall. We had initially made login mandatory, but to ensure that everyone can use it without any friction, we've removed the mandatory login. Once Hafta goes behind the paywall, which probably will be another two weeks, you will need to log in so that we can know you're a subscriber. So this is the two weeks that you can share it with all the people you want to share it with. All the stuff that you, you know, said that you have many people, but it's a really crappy experience. Share our podcast with them. Share our website with them. Because in two or three weeks, we'll pull it behind the paywall. So we just have these two weeks to try to get as many people as we can to be hooked onto the uh, Hafta. On that note, we record this at 12 noon on Thursday, 29th of October. So let's start with Anand. Hi, Anand. You're there. Have I put you to sleep with my boring announcements?
4: No, I'm here still.
1: I can try again, though. You'll be surprised at how boring I can be. Do not underestimate my boredom. But the it's very exciting watching the um, Bihar campaign on air. Uh, I've seen Modi's speeches. Uh, he seems a little more annoyed than usual. You know, he very rarely smiles unless he's with white people abroad. But, but the rallies are packed, you know, whether it is his rallies, whether it is, I mean, I read that Nitesh rallies are not well attended or people are saying boo boo, but at least on the video, it seems packed. Tejaswi's rallies seem packed. So are you and your brethren not worried about COVID? Or and also, what does this mean? And the, apparently, the turnout was very good yesterday, right?
4: Yes, yes. Yesterday's rally was at a historic Gandhi Maidan in Patna. It was well attended. COVID day in Bihar, the mortality rate is below, means say, one. It, it is zero point four nine. So uh, also, the recovery rate is among the second best in India. Hmm. In fact, one of the underreported stories has been about uh, how little COVID has affected Bihar. So I think uh, the polling percentage in the first phase was around 54.9 compared to 2015 assembly elections. It was uh, just there. In fact, it can better it because some late adjustment of data and election commission does. So it can even better, it it, it it is better than the Lokshava elections of 2019. So far from COVID discouraging voters, it has encouraged more to come out. So that is uh, the COVID part. The second part is uh, rallies, see Nidhi uh, has never been a very crowd puller with his orator, orator, orator skills. He's a more of an administrative, managerial kind of politician. Does not go in florishes, big, and uh, talking big. So, uh, right from his student activity, activism days, he has not been a crowd puller with his speeches, rallies, and this. So, in fact, uh, during his chief ministerial tenure, some of his MLAs and MPs attract more crowd than him. So that is not a big surprise. Uh, uh, Also, one point people need to understand is that uh, in Bihar, only two parties have cadres, and that is BJP and RJD, and and left parties. JDU, uh, despite being 15 years in office, uh, Is not a very cadre-based party. It does not have a large workforce or people very committed to uh, to coming to rallies or this. Uh, um, it, 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 and this time, RJD has uh, struck an alliance with uh, left parties. Uh, left parties, even if electorally insignificant in Bihar have a very huge cadre in Bihar, and if they come out for some, say, Julus or something, the streets of Patna are filled with thousands of rallies, sorry, marches, and...
1: One of the most famous political murders was of Shahbuddin killing a CPIM leader,
4: right? Yeah, Chandrasekhar, Chandrasekhar, a student leader in Sivan. Uh, he was a genuine student he had come to Sivan, his home district to try his political luck and uh, Sahabuddin it was alleged that Sahabuddin thought he was a threat to his growing popularity and got him eliminated that is an allegation Sahabuddin is in jail for a number of allegations this is a separate case so uh, anyway so uh, that is it
1: there is so you're saying there's a sizable left kind of card but whether it politically what now, one question I had, and after that, Manisha, I think you had a question about the Lippi Singh incident. You can also tell our audience about it before we ask Anand to shed some light. Anand, I saw Tejasri Surya's bite during a press conference. I think it was during a speech where he praised Chirag Paswan. I saw Modi's speech, I think, yesterday before where he pretty much said, LJP is not part of NDA. He's the only uh, leader other than, you know, the J.D.U. leaders on the BJP who has, well, not condemned, but kind of left LJP out in the cold. Whereas other BJP leaders like Tejasvi, Surya and all are kind of building up Paswan as something, someone of consequence. What is this? Because, you know, there is much speculation that BJP is keeping its hedging, it's keeping its options open because hmm. this is the end of Nitish, and if Nitish doesn't perform, they will grab on to Paswan. And anyone can go with anyone. I mean, even it is not uh, unreasonable to think that Nitish may end up going with Lalu if that turns out. Uh, is it that unpredictable in Bihar? And also the fact that, so that is one question I would request you to take, that where is Chirag Paswan? Why is one leader praising him and one not? And the other thing, that the fact that people can chant slogans against Nitish at a Nitish rally and not get beaten up, is this, does this show the very tolerant nature of Biharis? Because I know in many other states, you'd get beaten up. Like in Delhi, if you do slogans against Modi at Modi rally, you'll get beaten up. In probably Punjab, the same thing would happen, whichever party you're from. Tamil Nadu, I think, also, you can't go to Jalal Talarys and say anti jail slogans, you'll probably be slapped around. Yeah, but yeah rally, you can still hang out. Is that the tolerant nature of a Bihari brethren?
4: No, uh, tolerant not, but limits of political party. Bihari is a violent society. So even, uh, even if, uh, say, a political party has his, its leader speaking and someone shouts slogans against him there is also an apprehension that he has a backing of people of his villagers who may be around and uh, and or some other local dabang or a strong man so uh, this somehow uh, i think nullifies the reaction, the very, very prompt reaction of the party cadre. Uh, So, uh, because where you are speaking, what is the belt? Who are the influential people where you are speaking? That also counts, that weighs on how political parties and their leaders or cadre uh, surrounding the, say, the platform from which the speech is being delivered. So this all counts. So uh, there are pockets. Bihar is divided into thousands pockets of influence. Who is influential? Where is very difficult to tell. So so that is one thing. But you uh, there, before that you asked too many questions. I think I would take one hour to.
1: No, no. Okay, th- just tell me a bit about the Chirag Paswan. You did you see the Jasvi Suras press conference where he where he praised Chirag
4: Paswan. Yes, but uh, I think that was more of a young leader um, and not very serious. Kejavsi uh, Surya is a non-entity here, yeah, so... Um, mm-hmm. uh, too much yeah, should not be read right into that. Yes, we meant, uh, uh, so um, because they are young leaders, they go to parliament together, Some and that kind of uh, vibe was in this, what he said, and I appreciate him and this that. So I think uh, it was. Uh, I don't know what, how party, his party leadership took it. Uh, but there are confused signals, and uh, uh, and uh, you, uh, the, there is a, a kind of anti-incumbency against the current government. But uh, how strong we don't know. And uh, if uh, the popularity of uh, the prime minister is able to nullify that in the final count, that remains to be seen. In, in the coming weeks. So uh, th- there is a very confused picture emerging. And all permutation and combinations are possible, but results can be only three. Either someone wins or loses, or there is a hung assembly. So um, in uh, the in case of hung assembly, a lot of permutations can come into play. That's correct. Wait,
0: I was just going to ask Anand, in the, in the context of Miss mixed signals, didn't Modi in his rally like a few days ago praise Rambala's past one? And then everybody got very confused or something after that. Wasn't that also some...
4: Yes, but uh, I think uh, that was uh, more of her say, not to annoy... uh, uh, a kind of uh, say Dusad or Paswan, which is a very uh, a subcategory of the Dalit vote, uh, which accounts for five percent vote in the overall tally, and uh, the Dalits together sixteen percent. Uh, uh, so, though Paswan is not a very tall Dalit leader in Bihar, he can command uh, a very small section of Dalit vote. That also uh, kind of, say, we, we kind of cut, say, call. He, he doesn't, didn't want to be seen as somebody very insensitive to a very immediate death of a cabinet colleague. And also, I I
1: saw that speech, you know, the way he worded it, uh, I mean, my reading was he worded it like, Damtak. he was with us, he supported us, he was by my side as a member of the cabinet. So, I mean, I saw that speech, the way Modi worded it, what I got from it was that he was saying that, and probably he knows that his son is trying to say that now. Mm. he was trying to say that the guy who makes this, I mean, he wasn't like discrediting Chirag, but mm. he was when this guy was around, he was by my side. So your vote, if it belongs with him, it belongs with me. I think that is how I'd interpret it, especially how he worded it. That till the time he died, he worked with me. So I think he was mm. kind of trying to take ownership of uh, Ramvila's password, rather than letting Chirag take ownership of him.
3: Every political party keeps its options open. So yeah. I I don't see I mean uh if, if Tejaswi is praising uh, you know Chirag, so I can very clearly see that after the results Let's you know see what how it uh, so, so how it is I mean if he needs Chirag so he can go for
1: Chirag. Uh, see it, it, it goes, it goes with the BJP so. also.
3: And Chirag also, Chirag is keeping his options open. I mean he can also go with
1: the BJP. So so <laughs> How
2: is the BJP campaigning like are they are they kind of uh, you know putting all the anti-incumbency blame on Nitish on ground, well, or, they are, they, or are they or are they together? Doing a lot
1: of Article three hundred and seventy, and all,
2: no. Yeah, I mean that. I See, don't know. Are they talking
0: about Ram Temple
2: also? I mean, I guess that is the standard uh, thing for BJP to do, like talk about nationalism and all. And also, I think Galwan they did because it was the Bihar regiment and all. So that, but apparently,
1: it didn't work last time, so I, I don't yeah, know.
2: I, I guess for state elections, it wouldn't, but Anand would know better. But
1: another thing But is, I'm
2: curious about how BJP is campaigning. Like, are they campaigning as a team with Nitish? No. Or is it like anti incumbencies Nitish ka galti hai, aap Modi gan
4: No, see, uh, two things. Elections can be a mix of tangible and non-tangibles. So tangibles, of course, the development plank, the social welfare benefits. And non-tangibles can be, uh, say, something woven around nationalistic themes, uh, like, uh, say, Indochina, Indo-Pak, or uh, identity issues like Ram Temple. Even Chirag Paswan, now, since he's a Dalit, it's not making news. Uh, Chirag Pasman has uh, promised uh, a Sita temple, so a grand Sita temple because, uh, in the J- Janki Kshetra that is in the, in the, okay c- considered to be the birthplace of uh, goddess Sita so uh, so uh, a, a mix of th- see Tejasvi uh, also recognizes one thing and I'm coming to RJD that uh, To say that Nitis is corrupt and Nitis has not done work would not cut ice after a point because he is, and and, uh, Biharis are not willing to believe that he is corrupt, Nitis is not corrupt, the popular perception, and he has done work. He has done development work. But what he is saying is that uh, we have thought to get his. Uh, Selva date is there and, uh, and uh, he is trying to infuse a kind of political freshness in uh, his face uh, in his own face that I am the fresh develop- uh, face of development and now also some of the claims he is making are, are just figments of imagination but uh, despite all the rhetorics you, you need to see that Bihar politics is uh, Uh, If you go by social coalitions, it's decided by OBCs. So uh, now the latest uh, data is not available since 1931, but OBCs by that census constitute uh, 51% of Bihar electorate. Now uh, upper caste around only 17%, Dalit 16%, Muslim 16.8%. So 51%. Now, NITIS was able to make fresh constituencies within that OBC, Non Yadav OBCs, and he further divided in into EBCs and a section of Muslims also, Pasmanda's Muslims, the lower status Muslims. Now, breaking that social coalition of NITIS is the challenge Tejasui uh, is uh, counting on, plus, uh, of course, uh, the new youthful energy of development, the fresh face and all that.
3: But is, uh, is unemployment bigger issue than development this time? Is this an issue
4: over there? It, unemployment, I, I think uh, I can hardly see any state which can say that uh, uh, that there are a lot of, lot of jobs for us, all of us. So, unemployment is a kind of channelization of youthful anger but what uh, but people also say that uh, he is promising 10 lakh government jobs which is a that is ridiculous to 10 lakh government jobs there in a cabinet meeting me yes But what people are also saying that uh, since the governance uh, claims of uh, RJD regime is very low, the only hope of getting more jobs is private investment and a lot of companies coming. And the governance claim and law and order claims of uh, uh, RJD are so tented that uh, in long term jobs uh, even if jobs are to be created it has to be created in a government which has more better uh, it, which has a better claim on governance law and order and this so i think apart from a sizable youthful voters who may be carried uh, away by this also he has d- done some work uh, with that sarkali nokri uh, he has said, I will raise the upper limit, age limit of students appearing for civil services, the uh, state civil services, BPSC, and all this. So taking the government job route to address the problem of employment is not seen as practical by many young men who uh, analyze it. But of course, they, they are very uh, catchy slogans, populist uh, things, and um, if that can play a part uh, then of course unemployment is an issue uh, I, 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 sorry i digressed from what was your question my question was
2: about nda's uh, bjp's campaigning whether they are
4: no raman sir asked something. So raman no, sir okay. said is, is
1: employment an issue at all and i think ah. you answered that you said yeah, that there's it. no state that can really claim that they have lots of jobs so they give these carrots of government jobs and which is probably par for the course and there's a certain cynicism. But what happened to the Lippi incident? Manisha, can you just tell our audience uh, about that specific incident that made major headlines? and what So this happened
2: on Monday in Munger. And there was a group of people who were on their way for idle immersion, durgas. And uh, now the police claims that there was stone pelting. Some unruly elements in that crowd uh, pelted stones at them. And 20 policemen were injured. And so they fired at them. Uh, the crowd or uh, the people obviously say that there was no provocation and they were just fired upon an 18 year old man has lost his life and there was a very graphic image of his you know um, head split open and, and a lot of people were injured also so they opened fired at basically at a at a crowd of people who were going for Durga immersion and this has obviously created a lot of uh, furore in Bihar because of the visuals of it and also of course political parties have latched onto it as you know so this is being seen
1: as an aggression of Nitish Kumar against yeah. Hindu devotees?
2: Yeah. which shouldn't highly. stick, I guess. But I'm just curious to know what exactly happened there. If if Anand knows a little more than what and, we and are was reading some in Delhi.
1: speculation that this was being pinned on a local police official called Lippy Singh, Lippy and they Singh, said yeah. she has some some conspiracy theory that why she did this. Well, what is that all about? And is it is it big electorally uh, right now?
4: See, means uh, I will come to Lipi Singh. Lipi Singh factor is important in that. But uh, uh, the incident was uh, uh, almost like that only. Uh, I think the police was uh, trying to enforce uh, uh, the COVID protocol that uh, you should uh, be at some distance while uh, immersing the idol and this, that. And And the police allegation is that the crowd was not following it and uh, some elements within the crowd pelted stones and uh, they had to uh, resort to lathe charge and some like, like that and in which uh, a person was killed so that that that, that is where it stands now uh, these kind of incidents uh, happen in every uh, immersion processions, uh, whether Saswati idols, Durga Sometimes they are communal around Hindu muslim and sometimes uh, the classes within groups because there are too many pu- uh, puja samitis and they class them among themselves also. So the Lipi Singh factor has the political angle here because Lipi Singh is the daughter of uh, Nitish right, Kumar's right hand, uh, RC. CP Singh. Uh, now, uh, people don't know, but. Uh, and what is her designation? What is her post? He's superintendent of police. She is an IPS officer. She is not there because of RCP Singh. She is an IPS officer, but uh, of Bihar Kader. And uh, she, uh, she has been posted in Munger for a long time. Uh, RCP Singh was uh, an IAS officer of UP Kader. <coughs> he worked with NITIS when NITIS was railway minister in Vajpayee government. And uh, they worked very well. He's from his own caste, uh, Kurmi. He's a Awadhiya Kurmi, and uh, he brought it, him to Bihar, cadre, and they grew very close while working together. And uh, he resigned from the IAS and became his principal secretary, later Rajasabha MP. So Lippi Singh is his daughter, and he has. Uh, there is a... Perception that she has been given a long hand, some uh, uh, polish action like uh, Anand Singh. I am get, getting a bit uh, detailed, but it, it is an important point. Also. So, Anand Singh is a Dabang uh, of the, say, Bar Bar region, Bar, Mukama uh, Bar region. So, he's a Bumihar, and Niti uh, says, uh, erstwhile. Close eight, um, Lalan Singh had a rivalry with him, and it is alleged that Lipi Singh uh, was encouraged to have a police crackdown on Anand Singh to uh, help Lalan Singh. So uh, that's why, uh, uh, despite being a police officer, she is being seen as a political tool in uh, sh- settling uh, uh, intra- intra- and, uh, intra-JDU rivalries. Not uh, J- earlier, he was with uh, JDU announcing that. Anyway, so uh, since she is daughter of Nitish's close aide, there has been more blame game going on and bjp is on a sticky wicket because uh, bjp has been protesting against the violence in these immersion um, processions and now it is in alliance with a party which has led a crackdown on the devotees so rjd and even ljp is trying to cast on this incident
1: right um so thank you we got lots about bihar politics if anybody has anything to say uh, about bihar sir uh, manisha jashri we can move on
3: one small thing uh, i mean to say that the covid uh, maybe the medically didn't have much impact on bihar but i think so many migrants bihari migrants had gone back to bihar and uh, i don't know but uh, there is a possibility the increase in uh, you know turnout of voters is because some of the migrants stayed yeah. back yeah. And, That's a good point. And, Correct. And
1: also,
3: yeah, and also, I think, also, would, yeah, we we also, I think it had a huge economic impact, at least on the migrants,
4: Bihari migrants.
2: Yeah, and usually these no, migrants I, are unable uh, to go back uh, home. So yeah. I would.
4: What I said that the turnout was at almost similar to the pre, uh, turnout in previous elections. It was not too significantly higher, just uh, say point eight or one percent higher. Uh, so, um, if it was because of the uh, coming back of some migrants, it may be, it may be, but I, uh, but uh, the turnout is not significantly higher, but it is still it is important because there were apprehensions that COVID would discourage a lot of voters to come out. But uh, people here were not having that apprehension. I think people outside Bihar who had no idea of the COVID re- response here were having this apprehension.
1: So, uh, right, so couple of uh, emails I'd just like to read and then uh, I just wanted to move on to um, the apology story and uh, something that is actually related to an email we've got. So I'll just go over the emails first. This is from Haroon Beg. Hi, first time writing in, loved your work. Lara yada, yada, yada. Manisha is the best, et cetera, et cetera. Don't want to spend too much time on the obvious. Recently came across this comic by The Ken. I'm sure you know how fantastic The Ken is, though I'm not sure if they would count as a competitor in News Laundry. Uh, and then there is this comic burst the bubble. Please, please find the time to go through this. It offers some great insight into media industry and why it is so broken. Everyone keeps saying media is broken, media is broken, but I have never seen anyone point this out before. I would love to see this discussed on Hafta. So Harun, we will discuss it. In fact, if you see at the end of that comic, uh, three of the citations of where they got the information from is from news laundry uh, articles or videos. Uh, in fact, I've done a talk exactly around the same lines, which is on scoop ScoopFoop, which you can check out. But we shall just discuss that uh, after I've read this very interesting mail, which is from Namit Saxena. Hi all, I'm a recent subscriber to News Laundry, though I was under the impression that I was one for the longest time. Only when I tried to access an episode on half at the beginning of the lockdown and was prompted to subscribe that I realized I wasn't. Okay, Varchu! Eh but I'm glad you're a subscriber now, Namit, and I hope the experience was completely friction-free with our new website. I paid the subscription free immediately, and since I have been hooked, not just to Haftar but podcasts in general so thank you NL team for that i was impressed by your campaign to get subscribers to sponsor subscriptions of students it's a great idea to build a feeling of community you should also have a campaign to get people to gift subscriptions an option i believe you're introducing yes as you seen on your website it's already there you can click and gift and not just that you can also redeem so if you're a student you click on if you're a student and it'll ask you for some details and you can get subscription for free which has been supported by someone else
2: Oh my God! And what a uh, perfect timing! So Diwali is in two weeks. Everyone should just gift, gift away and use laundry subscriptions.
1: Yes, this is best the best gift, gift. of Diwali. Diya, jalao, and logon ki batti, ki batti jalao. And we have some lovely products also, merchandise.
2: Perfect. Then Namit
1: goes on to say, as a professional advertising copyright, I know the hypocrisy. I'd like to contribute to the three ad campaign. The JPEGs are attached. If you like them, please use them in any platform, perhaps Twitter you can and should redesign these. I tried my best, but I'm no graphic designer, I'm afraid. As compensation, I'll accept a set of Sabki Dhulai Soap Set. <laughs> Namit, <laughs> your campaign is so cool. Please do tell us uh, the, Sabki, the uh, what is your address. We will send you a Dhulai Soap Set. But let me just tell the audience what your slogans are. So it's a red background in white text. In bold, it's written. I gifted my dad a news laundry subscription. Then in black text, it's written and don't suffer from indigestion anymore. In small text, tips written, dinner in our home is had in front of the TV, on which my dad insists we watch primetime news debates. So I can choose to either sit through the torture or bolt through my dinner, which means torture of another kind in my gut later. But thankfully a 300 rupee subscription and a few weeks later, news debates are no longer part of dinner time and I can eat, a healthy, I can eat at a healthy speed. In other words, no noise from the rabid journalists, and no noise from my stomach either. The other, other ad is, I gifted my school friend a New Zealand subscription and cured my hair loss. Because now in a WhatsApp group, instead of saying XYZ community khatre mein hai, he says media khatre mein hai. Instead of saying so and so ne kia hai, to kuch soch ke kia hoga, he wonders, so and so ne kya soch ke aisa kia. <laughs> And now I get to engage in productive discussion with him instead of pulling my hair out. Plus the subscription only costs 300 rupees, which is less than what I was spending on hair care products. And the third ad is, I gifted my uncle a newsletter subscription and reduced my dental expenses and goes on to explain that how he used to grit his teeth when his uncle used to send him WhatsApp forwards and for rupees 300, he can get rid of those WhatsApp forwards and his dental expenses get saved. So it's a great ad campaign. We shall use it. Namit, thank you so much for it. Now, uh, coming to the earlier mail by Haroon, you know, the Ken, um, the Ken thing. Um, did you read it? Have you read it? Jaisri Anand, the Manisha Ramansa?
0: I haven't read it. I looked at it, but I didn't finish it. Which campaign?
2: It's a comic book that did come out. I I saw that. Explaining the Ah. FDI rules, basically. Oh, opportune time to also announce the launch of DigiPub.
1: Yes. In fact, I Um, want to talk. So, DigiPub has been launched. uh, 11 news platforms are the founders. Uh, I'll just tell you who the 11 are, but the idea is to create a digital news ecosystem that is truly healthy. There are some regulations that the government has introduced, which are going to really inhibit digital news, which I think is changing the news ecosystem. And uh, legacy media is of course watching this happen, if not actively contributing to lobbying against it. I don't want to get into so much of how it's broken because I've done enough talks on that. You can just check out the scoop poop video, which we'll provide a link to below. But uh, I mean, yeah, it's a good comic, I I agree. I think it explains things simply about time uh, someone did do that. But yeah, do read it. Do check it out. It was a 80, ha, 84 page uh, ha, comic. Yes. 80
2: but maybe you could explain in Sankship what the FDI rules could do to
3: no, it, it's not just about FDI rules. How the how the the advent of uh, you know uh, newspapers, the media in India. So so they and uh, the comic traces. You know the the how did the fund come hmm. earlier, and then the FDI in other sectors also so uh, entertainment sector so i think so it is it is it
1: it it's a very good narrative basically it's why the government good. is so you know strict about fdis i mean the, the the general thought behind regulation i will not say is altogether unreasonable at least not in the earlier years i think today one will have to revisit the logic just like you know arms defense products and mm-hmm. all you don't just love foreign countries because foreign countries should not completely take over the production of things that are imperative to protect the nation, uh, like telecom is very important. Um, so news also came under that category that you can't just allow foreign funds to come in and take over. Uh, however, today with the internet around, and at that time there was an entry barrier, right? To broadcast a channel, you have to buy a license, you have to buy a license to uplink and downlink because you're using satellite. You're using Sarkari and public resources, like bandwidth of satellite and all. But Now, with the internet, you can't, unless you become China and you block New York Times, you block everyone. You're saying we will block FDF from coming into media. Now, A, in my view, and I've said this before, I would say a media that is funded by an Ambani is as dangerous or not dangerous as one that is funded by Facebook or one that is, it is just the question of who has more money. Uh, Just like you see that governments completely buy a new space. And today I am not going to Say that no matter what this government does, they have India's interest at heart. I don't think they have anyone except their own interest at heart. And that's Absolutely, from any governments. Absolutely. So in this, it is a way for the government to control the narrative, and I think it is extremely damaging. The government is unable to create any jobs. They, they come out uneducated people making decisions, and those who are trying to create jobs and doing a pretty good job at it, they are making sure that those people can't do it anymore. And I will say, I know many media that is funded by international money. And they are way more believable than the that are funded by Patanjali products and such ads. So, um, uh, and the government has in a recent notification given all media organizations one year to come under the regulation because earlier there was no regulation around digital. Although they are claiming that there was, there never was. The regulation was a broadcast in print. They're saying that in one year, you have to come under 26. And there are many media organizations around the country, including aggregators like InShorts and Mind, that that what's it called? News hunt or hmm. daily hunt? It it applies to aggregators. Now the question is, does it also apply to YouTube because that's also an aggregator? Uh, or Google Google News? So, or
2: Twitter?
1: Also. Oh, Twitter even so you know it just or becomes maybe so like a...
2: uh, places like Brute which are just completely on Facebook. They are media companies but they their their platform is Facebook. Hmm. They don't have a website.
1: So you know it just is such an ill thought out but it's a knee jerk reaction because they have got so used to controlling the mainstream or legacy news narrative and they can't do that to digital they are doing their best to kill that so for that if you guys really want to save news and i'm not joking i'm not just saying this as a general thing you're going to have to pay to keep news alive because the government is going to do everything they can to kill it yes And uh, that comic kind of explains that but enough i've spoken for too long i just wanted actually to discuss this in not too much detail but i want a panel's view on it uh, you know we can just start with uh, jayshree you know um Recently, this was in the headline also that Manisha said that the Pope has kind of endorsed same-sex union. Hmm. But there's a bit of a nuance there. And of course, there was much celebration on social media that what a progressive Pope, which he is. I think he's probably the most progressive Pope Vatican has ever had or will have in a long time. Uh, But uh, this is what he says. This is from the Harvard Gazette. This is uh, in a documentary called Francesco uh, that premiered. Uh, And this is what the Pope said, quote, what we have to create is a civil union law. That way they are legally covered, unquote, when he was asked about same-sex union. Uh, Now the speculation is the Pope has said it, but that doesn't mean the Vatican will back it. Yeah. Uh, I just want to know that uh, the panel, have you guys read a bit about it? Uh, Have you seen what the international media has to say about it? And do you think this is... As big a deal as some are saying for the Pope to say something like this is nothing less than maybe the RSS saying that we should allow Muslims into the top leadership of RSS or women. I don't know. Is it, is it, when they expunged
2: that passage about you know Muslims having to acknowledge their Hindu ancestry? I think they expunged it from Goldwalker's works or one of the one of those, yeah. yeah, yes. So I think, I mean,
0: okay, so one, he's not, this is not the first time he said it, I think a couple of years ago, and even before that, Pope Francis has spoken out in favor of civil unions for LGBTQ people. But what I think is most frustrating is that uh, there have been many, I mean, the Pope has said it before, there have been many Catholic bishops who've indicated that they would be supportive of same-sex unions before, but nobody is putting this down in writing. And until this happens, you're not actually going to change any doctrine within the Catholic Church. So while it's great that they're speaking about it, it doesn't actually translate to any action. So this is what you said, right? Like, does this, this will still have to go through the Vatican, this will have to go through the church. And it's not not gone anywhere. I think he last said this in 2018, where he indicated that civil unions were he he was okay with them, but what has changed since then? So if every two years, if your Pope is gonna pop up, indicate that he's okay with something, but not actually do anything about it, I think it's a bit of a waste. It's it sort of creates a it creates a bunch of headlines. And then you'll have another bunch of bishops coming out and saying, Oh my god, like how dare he like rewrite the doctrine of the church. And then the issue sort of dies to the next news cycle.
1: But there was something about same-sex union in India also, right? The, the Someone in the government or the, the court said something about...
0: They filed a petition, ask, I think, asking the government to recognize same-sex unions under the Special Marriage Act, I think. And it's coming up for hearing only in Jan. So whether or not they'll sort of recognize it, I don't know. But, but yeah, I feel a bit cynical about this entire Pope Francis thing. Others?
1: Raman sir, Manisha?
3: Well, I, I really... Don't know much about papal politics. So <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think the Pope has earlier also said that I like Jesse said, he has said that he supports, you know, some legal protection for gay couples, uh, but that doesn't mean he approves of them or that the church would approve of this. And marriage is essentially between a man and a woman and all that. But I think I still take hope from these statements, especially when he says that they are children of God, and they don't have the right to be miserable, and they have a right to have a family. Because I think words like these can create a lot of difference for families where you have really strong, you know, you have parents who are big believers, who may make life hell for children. So I mean, I think change is anyway, small when it comes to these issues. So any statement that pushes the boundary a little bit and at least acknowledges that, you know, they they deserve to live with dignity is meaningful to me.
1: So, um, you know, this one news that uh, also it, it is a big indicator of why some things make news and some don't. Now, the Faridabad murder that Manisha spoke about in the headline, it's a very graphic video of a white car coming, two men getting off, them being some dhakka between, sorry, one man getting off, being some dhakka between him and a girl And that girl's friend, who's also a girl, tries to protect her. She goes and hides behind. This guy pulls out a gun, shoots that girl. And then the other boy gets out from the car, pulls him in and they run off, leaving that girl to die on the road. Uh, This was probably captured by a CCTV camera. And it became big news. Uh, The guy who has shot her apparently wanted to convert to marry her. Hmm. His name is Tawfiq or something and he's Muslim. And that was also... That is uh, the
2: allegation of the family that he wanted to convert her and all that. The family oh, yeah.
0: actually said love jihad. I think her brother said that he wants to perform love jihad
2: on her or something. But that is why uh...
3: he he was talking her for the past two three years. Yeah. In two thousand eighteen, the uh, he had uh, kid, they they used to study together. So he gave her uh, and her friends some lift, and uh, but but then he kidnapped her. He, he took her to his house and he insisted that she should marry him so so at that time uh, the girl I think raised alarm or something the, when, when she did not come back home the parents went to the uh, police and they filed a case so she, the girl was recovered and the case of kidnapping was you know registered against him
2: but, but it was settled but the, parents, ha, the hmm.
3: parents then withdrew that FIR which I don't know how they can withdraw an FIR you can't withdraw once you file an fir it is not up to you to withdraw the fir but but yeah. the reports were saying that uh, there was some settlement uh, the girl the boys you know relatives they said please uh, don't do this and we will ensure that this guy will not trouble her so she he had been sending messages after messages and calls and this girl was not responding at all so this is when he came, you
2: yeah, know. Yeah. In, uh, I mean, in, 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 in shorter, shorter I saw, day. and I think the love jihad angle to me seems really ridiculous. And this is where sometimes you watch news debates and you realize how even BJP spokespersons are better than some of our news anchors. So I was watching Rohit Sardana when he, you know, he was cornering the Haryana BJP spokesperson. Love jihad ne ladki ki jaan. and the spokesperson was at least saying, "How can you say love?" How can you even insinuate right now that they were in a relationship or whatever? Because Love Jihad, the concept Mm. of it is that you wear a Hindu, whatever, Kalawa and Tika and you, you know, uh, fool a girl into believing that you're Hindu and you make her fall in love with you. And then, I mean, Muslims are supposedly doing this. Yeah. So you had uh, Rohit insisting again and again that this is a case of Love Jihad. And the BJP spokesperson saying that let the investigation go on. And how can you insinuate a relationship right now when there's such a gruesome murder that's happened? And, you know, you can't be passing judgments on what the relationship was, whether this was love or whatever. No, but this, but su- I think-
3: uh, this suits to, I mean, those people who, who want to create, you know, some kind of bogey through uh, Love Jihad. It suits them because this guy comes from an area called Nu. And Nu is... Uh, mostly I mean dominated yeah. by Muslims so if you really want to create a big ruckus yeah. or communal so
2: basically measure, whenever there's a Muslim involved in a crime it is bound to now I think at least in the Hindi heartland take that turn even if it is communal or not so but I, mean, I think here thought it was muddied
0: because her family who's obviously grieving because yeah. I mean it's a terrible crime I think her brother had given an interview to somebody calling it love jihad as well hmm. And so, I mean, it's very easy now for your entire right-wing ecosystem or Sanghi ecosystem to seize that. Even though, like, yeah, I mean, love jihad itself is a conspiracy theory, but by definition, it means somebody masquerading and fooling a Hindu girl into marrying them. So,
2: and they're being love in the first place. And they're being, lo- yeah. I, I mean, whatever. So yeah, but yeah. but uh, no, well, I mean, this.
1: Go ahead. So, um, Anand, you want to comment on that. I I mean, what I wanted to actually also comment on was one of the reasons, you know, you wonder why some stories become big and don't. This had everything. This was a perfect storm. The most important being this video of the murder. Now, hundreds of such murders probably happen every week in our country, but not all of them are caught on camera. The ones that are caught on camera, that is step one. Inevitably, electronic media that can make news go viral, they have something to go with. So that is the number one requirement for something to become headline news or uh, in television. And then it had all the other things that, you know, Man- yeah. Manisha and Jeshi spoke about. So I, I just mean- thought this was a, a case study, you know, to teach in journalism school or even in just, I think there should be classes generally, media literacy classes of why some stories become big and some don't. And I think this was something that had all the elements of you know, in what fact, is the uh, that, is
2: not? just recently I, in Mumbai, uh, a TV actress was stabbed pretty brutally yes. uh, for rejecting marriage. And there was a terrible story in Tamil Nadu, I think, where an IT professional, I think she was also being stalked and then gruesomely stabbed at a railway station. She was literally hacked by this guy who was who proposed to her. So this rejecting proposals and then attacks, acid attacks, some of them. I'll just... No, I mean, but I they, think additionally,
0: the Faridabad story uh, works as a big media story because it has that, it appeals to the Islamophobia, which, I mean, if we're being very honest, is very widespread. So the fact that you have a Muslim villain here, it makes it very easy for people to seize on that story. That's a much better headline, right? Rather than if a Hindu man had killed a Hindu girl, then it's sad, it's shocking, it's on video. But here, you could, they're really playing up the fact that he was a Muslim boy, so... I would say that's why it's selling so well on.
4: Yeah, exactly. That's an important. Anand, do you have a view on this? No, uh, it's a combination of many things. First, uh, the very phrase love jihad uh, is uh, uh, coined in a way that it elicits some ridicule. But uh, actually in India, uh, if I remember correctly, I first came across this term and uh, not from the hindu community but the christian community in kerala so uh it uh, uh, christians were in kerala were accusing it uh, if i remember correctly and in uk there was there is a there was a documentary on uh, grooming i think bbc made it on uh, uh, muslim men grooming young girls and something so uh, i think uh, in last few years this is how it came to the wider media narratives or public consciousness somehow now i think it it uh, it can be divided into two ways uh, because uh, uh, if i see local media reports there are a lot of uh, i have always believed that in india if if you have a narrative and you go out to uh, get examples for it you will get example for everything so uh, it's a, such a large country you get example for everything Every, everything can be proved by four or five cases and so uh, some of uh, the, the, the hindi newspapers i read are filled with such uh, stories so I, I i assume that all of them are not wrong all, and some of them are would be fake also in my neighbourhood, I Patna where I live. In my neighbourhood, there was a maid whose girl eloped eloped with a Muslim boy who was, of course, faking his name, and and she returned and her experience was not good. There was a barber's daughter also. I I can say that some of their statements may be exaggerated, but I I don't know. I don't have a mechanism to rule everything out. What I say is that uh, this is not a major trend. The media narrative, for a kind of media narrative, you can say that I RW ecosystem they would exaggerate it to depict it as a major trend. It is not a major trend. But then the counter of it is that uh, these are random incidents that is uh has also to be taken uh, with a pinch of salt i don't think i don't believe in the conspiracy theory it's not a design but yes some maybe some young men thought that this can be a way of uh, getting a girl or something like that so uh, and this a uh, kind of religious identity that maybe some coincidence but these number of cases are substantial to push a kind of theory that is what i think sir in case of print because you don't need video evidence
1: that is ever i mean i mean now of course print depends heavily on your video because everybody's online so that has become an issue for print but i'm guessing in the days of print when you were you know whole and soul into it video evidence had no bearing on whether it would be a headline or not is that correct or did it
3: no, no. I think if there, I mean, if if a video exists, definitely it used to make a big. Uh, I mean, especially in case of crime, crime, th- the video is very rare. You know, mm. any crime that happens, video is very rare. So, if if the video exists even in our times, uh, it will make a huge splash.
1: Right. Uh, I think though, so like I in this I, case,
2: I would have preferred that instead of love jihad and all taking uh, precedence, it is really shocking the impunity with which girls women in India lose their lives simply because they've rejected someone. So I do think if there has to be any discussion around this and such crime stories, you know, give you the occasion to discuss a problem deep-rootedly, you, there should be, a, I think there should be a separate law for this because in South Asia, I think it's a specific mentality of men to harm someone because they've rejected you. You know, this happens in Pakistan, Bangladesh, India, acid attacks also. It is disgusting for a woman to, you know, a student, a young girl, imagine what the family is going through to just lose your life because you said no to someone. It's, I I think it should be recorded as a separate crime uh, and there should be, I don't know, fast track courts or something to deal with this particular ailment of the South Asian man.
3: She was 21 and she was preparing for uh, the army. She wanted to join the army
1: yeah but this mindset that Manisha speaks about that's so true because you know this sentiment that is expressed in some of bollywood song i haven't heard it expressed in any western music like you know ki tu mujhe na chahe, koi baat nahi kisi you know this sentiment has been expressed in various ways in indian pop culture as well i mean if you think about it and it is deeply problematic and warped no, it's, and especially it's considering frustrating. the hero singing yeah. it and people are saying he's the hero. So,
2: And
0: also the fact that like our newspapers, even if like a man is harassing a woman on the road, we'd call it eve-teasing, which is such a polite sort of whitewashed word for something that is actually a horrible thing and that encourages men to sort of look at it in this sort of genial paternalistic oh, it's all in fun, we're all men here. But you're literally harassing a woman on the road. Like no, eve-teasing does not quite...
1: I, I only understood the... Concept of Eve teasing as where the word comes from in my 20s. You know, when I used to listen to it when I was young, I thought Eve means evening. I was like, yeah, if a even Eve teasing, later on, I realized this is a reference to Eve as in woman Eve, Adam, Eve. I oh my God. It really was a late joke for me. Where
2: did this word come from though? It couldn't be Indian because Eve is... It sounds I mean, like a very Indian sort of... Really? But Eve, I mean, would Indians... I think it is an Indian or maybe South Asian sort of phrase. Oh, Wikipedia says it's a euphemism used throughout South Asia. (laughs) Which includes, but not limited to India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Nepal. For public sexual harassment. (laughs) I want to know the history of this, yeah? I'm really curious. It's like how they also say roadside
0: Romeo, right? For some guy who's heckling women on the road. (laughs) We'll Mm. call him like, which is a very like sweet way to refer to someone. He's just a roadside Romeo.
1: True. So I have this very interesting email that I'd like to read. Uh, This is from Tariqur Rahman, and he's a subscriber and dude, uh, hats off, yeah. And you'll see why I'm saying this, that uh, he wrote, given the circumstances. Dear News Laundry. it's been a long time since I wrote or been a subscriber. I regret not being a subscriber while I had my reasons. Still, I felt I should have renewed it earlier. Well, Tariq, that you have now. Thank you. I write this letter from a flood-affected Hyderabad, sitting on a rooftop with no power for the last eight days. Yes, it had been eight days since I saw the power indicator blink. And right now it will feel nothing short of a miracle if it happens. I moved to Hyderabad in 2009 and have seen so many changes in 11 years that I sometimes don't recall the city I fell in love with so many years ago. Hyderabad had become everything I hated about Bangalore. Unchecked traffic, countless high-rise apartments killing the ever so small green of the city, government and municipality looking to make bucks from every corner, And lastly, the crowd who will be happier to trade hundreds of trees for a few pubs and breweries. The city has lost its soul while indulging into a rat race to attract billion-dollar corporates who could not care less than the devil. In the last four years, I moved from three different places in the city due to waterlogging, and yet I ended up at a place which has waterlogged between four to six feet over the last six days. What was the most astonishing part was everywhere I ask, citizens complained to the MLA or councillor who gave rats ass about the issue and requested us to have patience. We might all be debating 24 seven about government inability to handle heavy rainfall, but I can assure myself that despite various talks, nobody will actually be talking about climate change or working to better it. I have seen green pastures near my office being flattened to build IKEA ITC hotels, large office and multi-million dollar apartments, and all these resulted in nearby lakes flooding after heavy rainfall. While the not so fortunate citizens living nearby suffer the wrath. My brother-in-law who works in government's oceanic department in Hyderabad has hundreds of stories where delegates of countries wasted hours and money discussing climate change while government officials slept on those reports. Lastly, I believe as citizens, if we don't understand climate change and its impact, the talk of it in news channels or podcast shows won't make a dent. Regards, Tariq. So uh, clearly Hyderabad, the flooding carried on for a while, huh?
0: But I, I so agree with him because I lived in Hyderabad in 2009 and at the time also Hyderabad was on that cusp where they were making it this big IT city, big roads, huge, you know, industries coming in, big shops and all. And but yeah, at the time it was still a sort of green, it was a pleasant city. But then on subsequent visits, it's been horrible because they're just tearing up any sort of land to repurpose it as business parks, IT parks. Then you have to build multiplexes for your new population. You're just basically killing a city and you're calling it development. And then we'll claim that it's the new Silicon Valley and engineers will flock here, but they have no city to live in anymore.
1: Right. Now, I just want to uh, come to the international visitors. Manisha, if you could just tell us, what is this two plus two? And uh, Anand, if I could come to you, why so close to the US election have uh, these two been sent here? It is unusual and of course uh, i think it was pompeo who went pretty aggressive on china when he spoke and is it to woo the indian american vote which apparently now at least by the polls that the u.s media is reporting is overwhelmingly to biden and kamala harris or is it to like show the finger to china like five days before the u.s election for these two ministerial level people to visit india is there some special significance is there something we should be reading into uh, Manisha, and who were the people who visited and who did they meet?
2: So, it was US State Secretary Mike Pompeo and Defense Secretary Mark T. Esper who met with our External Affairs Minister Jeshankar, and Defense Minister Rajnath Singh. I'm guessing that's why it's called 2 plus 2. Like two people yeah. from US, two people from India the who talks.
1: met. Although Modi also met them, but yeah, the talks were just 2 plus 2.
2: So, the main outcome of the meeting was the signing of the Indo-US Basic Exchange and Cooperation Agreement for Geospatial Coordination. And it would allow India and the US to access a wide variety of geospatial data from each other, such as detailed maps, nautical, aeronautical charts, and imagery. This is I'm reading this from a scroll story that I could link to if you guys want to know more about this.
1: So, is this a big deal, Anand? I mean, so close
4: to the election, I mean, what's the rush? And There can always be a, an election angle to it. Uh, see, a flexing of, uh, say, American initiative in South Asia. Uh, there was a phase in Indo-US engagement when dehyphenation the, the meant that uh, the terms of engagement would uh, be delinked with how uh, India deals with Pakistan or US deals with Pakistan. Now that dehyphenation has shifted to Indochina. So what the U.S. sees or Mr. Trump sees uh, uh, that uh, India is the only challenger of uh, China's hegemony in the region. And that is why China, uh, apart from a lot of minor points, the major resentment of China against India is that India is the only challenger to its hegemony in the region. And uh, the kind of uh, support base that you are talking about among Indo-Americans or that, uh, I think the, that uh, as you pointed out, Trump has lost a huge chunk of that. Uh, and that is not for the Indo-American vote. I think that is for his own, uh, his own for uh, won't say, uh, the foreign aggressive foreign policy vote bank, his own vote bank, uh, not the Indo-American chunk of that. So, if at all, it is related to elections.
2: So, one of the things that also includes tying in with what Anand said about China, and I think that's why you cannot really look at this as an election thing. It's more of their strategic sort of positioning in South Asia and China and Asia. Because one of the things that includes in this pact is that there will be a cooperation on sharing of high-end satellite images, telephone intercepts and data exchange on Chinese troops and weapons deployment along the India-China LAC. So, there it will help us.
3: But we should not read too much. And main aim
2: is probably to keep China in check.
3: No, but we can't read too much into it when the election is happening in case that Trump gets replaced by the Democrats. So, so what is going to happen? I, mean? I
2: think it will still continue because China will still be a concern for US irrespective of whoever comes no, but to but I power. don't know
3: how aggressive uh, the foreign policy, the US foreign policy is going to be. So Yeah, I think, I think then it
1: may be more inverting hmm. to try to sort out the shit inside then try to see what's happening in the world over. <laughs> I don't
3: know. I think it's more important from Indian point also. I mean India India has uh, I think uh, very clearly chosen US as uh, the strategic ally, you know, in South Asia. So that is that is I think from the Indian viewpoint it is important, but we cannot take it seriously.
1: I was watching this um, interview on, I think it was on BBC or CNN, where they were talking about the Indian vote, you know, is it even significant enough to make any dent, ki hum apne bolte hai, like ye kar denge. so they had this one guy who in the past has actually been Obama's team and an American of Indian origin and he runs some, what he said was that, yeah, as an absolute number, it is like, it can have very little impact, if any. But I think he mentioned two states. I forget which one. Those are like swing states and the margins are very, very thin. He says these are the only two states where it can actually have any impact because they have very thin margins. I don't know if it was Pennsylvania. I think I'm I'm sure our NRI audience will write in and tell me which ones they are.
3: I think New Jersey should be part of it.
1: But he said other than these two states, it really has no impact anywhere in the rest of the country. I was like, okay.
0: Yeah, because I think Indian Americans basically vote Democrat. So... That has always been the case and it's not super significant. So yeah, unless if it was in a swing state, it wouldn't really.
1: Now, uh, this is one story from um, your part of the country, which actually we didn't read in the headlines, but I found very disturbing. And I can be accused of spend my favorite pastime of whipping the Sanghis with my ideological prism. But uh, it's a story about a doctor who is an AVVF ruler uh, leader. Yeah and uh Al- yes that's correct uh now he has been appointed on the board of the Ames near madurai which is coming up mm. and uh why this man is significant is because he had a disagreement or a fight with his neighbor in the building and he there is video of him peeing outside her door he's urinating there
0: yeah and then there's
1: another video of him and he breaks something outside a house and basically the Jagdav, she asked him to pay for a parking lot which he was using his belonged to her or you know, building in <laughs> which, you know, in uh, Delhi, we uh, have a much more dignified way of addressing these by shooting each other. <laughs> in Chennai, he <laughs> went and peed in front of her home. You know? God. So, so, but the fact is not, I mean, what is significant is not that this is how people, neighbors resolve issues with each other these days, whether in Delhi or Chennai, but that after this was news, this man has been put on the board of the aims that's coming up in Madurai. Yeah. His defense is that the accusation I've been put here because of my medical excellence. Yeah. And the accusation against me is unrelated and insignificant. I don't think harassing your lady neighbor by pissing in front of your house is insignificant. There are countries mm-hmm. where you'll be in jail for that. A, who appoints this board? Do we know, Jayashree? It's, it's, I'm guessing, the HRD ministry or? It's, this
0: is the,
1: I think this is the center. What can the state do about it? Because surely this is, this is going to be seen like rewarding bad behavior. And I believe that is what the ABVP does. I mean, the worse you behave, the bigger your reward.
0: Yeah. Okay. So first up, first off, so he says uh, also that he didn't actually pee in front of that woman's door. So what had happened is that he was using her parking space and she allowed him to. Then she was like, you have to pay me money or rent or whatever to use my parking space. He was like, absolutely, I will not. So he started throwing garbage outside our house and it all culminated in him urinating at her door, which was caught on camera. And then I think they filed a police complaint, but uh, they were harassed and made to withdraw it. So this part of it is a bit murky. And now he's been appointed. So this also comes at a very bad time for the BJP because it's on a current sort of uh, soapbox in Tamil Nadu where it's talking about women's rights and how women must be respected. And it's blaming the opposition for using women politics. And yet, they've gone and appointed this very clearly a BJP leader, an ABP, ABVP leader, as head of the upcoming AIMS in Madurai. He's claimed that all the allegations against him are totally doctored and like nothing has happened and all. So currently, the, the health minister of this from the center had appointed him. So this is Harshvardhan.
3: See, what happens that state government, yeah. the health ministry, uh, the union health ministry, they ask for the nominations from the state government. So state government gives those nominations so normally you know these are people who have ideologically you know leaning to towards the serving uh, towards the government so i yeah. think this is how it must have happened
0: yeah so now but now the most of the protest is against the central government saying how could the central government has done mm. it so by extension the admk government in the state because they are allies with the bjp mm. and the nda so they huh. yeah so now it's just a lot of sla- like shouting at each other back and forth but at the end of the day the man is still his appointment still stands. So they've not yeah. overturned it. They've not changed it. And he's a very senior guy. Like he was the head of oncology of Keelpok Medical College. He was on their board. So even prior to his appointment to Ames, he was a very senior person
1: in the industry. He, I mean, if, if he has a good uh, legal defense, he can always claim that he was, you know, practicing medicine by kind of yeah, para- yeah, yeah. urine therapy and doing Patanjali. <laughs> it was
0: an
1: Ayush no, treatment. Ayush no. ka kar tha. It was doing it. It was a medical exercise I was doing. Nothing, no harassment. Yeah. But but Anand, how do you resolve uh, neighborly spats in Bihar? Parking, parking lot <laughs> This seems rigi. very benign.
2: Yeah, sorry, Delhi spoiled me, but this fight really seems very benign. <laughs> <This> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Anand, do you have a view on resolving neighborly spats? What is the ideal way? What do you prescribe in your state?
4: No, no. Here, what is that, uh, there is a, a strategy of brinkmanship since uh, all sides are uh, very violent. So <laughs> nobody attacks anybody because the counter attack has to be very violent. So there is a balance of power. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, so everyone resolves it peacefully. Then. You
1: know, on, on this, I will say, uh, for all my trashing Bengal, Bengal is the most civilized, you know, in the sense that, I mean, I've said this before on Hafta, it is the only place where when we used to be shooting, we used to be going in two SUVs with 10 men in it. And out of those 10 men, at least four of them were 100 kgs plus. So it was very rare for people to pick fights with us. In Bengal, this guy who was fixing the road in a thatta banyan and a kachcha, he was, you know, the laborer. And like good Delhiites, you were like trying to cut the line by going to the other side of the road and all. He was spraying tar. You know that melted tar? He saw us coming the wrong way. He just sprayed our car with it. Without batting an eyelid. And then he abused us in Bengali. We were so <laughs> taken aback, we just kept driving. But what I noticed is in Bengal, they start shouting at each other very quickly. But it is very rare for it to move from shouting to physical stick yeah. yeah. cups. You just scrape by someone and he'll say whatever, he'll start abusing you, shouting at the top of his voice. He can be an old uncle, he can be young, he can be poor. They don't care what car you're driving. A rickshaw guy will bloody turn around and kick a Mercedes, which you'll never see happen in Delhi. Because here your status determines your aggression. But in Bengal, it never becomes violent. I found that very fascinating.
2: I think they take take out all their violence in politics. Their politics is very violent. So that's the outlet Mm -hmm. for them to... Right. take out their violent violent people join politics
1: okay uh now i just want to talk about the what's happened in france uh if uh, you know um you can just tell us about this uh i'll just read two emails and jayashi when we come out of that you can just tell us the context and we can get the panel's view on that hmm. uh, this email is from Prerna. hello news launderers congratulations on the new website can't wait for it to come up well it's already up please tell us what you think Prerna. no ill will but the current website really needs an overhaul I thoroughly enjoyed Hafta 298, it is nice that you have increased the diversity and the sagacity of the panel with the addition of Jeshri, and that Yay. you have giving more discussion time to South Rated News. Yay! Thank you, Jeshri. we're getting a lot of good feedback. Woohoo! Although I do think you could have focused a bit more on the Jagan versus Justice NV Ramana issue rather than just mentioning it in the passing. Because I was looking forward to your opinion on that and the media gag issued by Andhra Court. Okay, maybe uh, Prerna, uh, Raman Sir and Jeshri and Anand probably will be able to tell you, I don't know that much about this case. That way you won't be accused of leaving out any more important information from other regions. So basically we should have more region, uh, news from the South and the Northeast. Please tell Manesha, she's my favorite. Manisha, you're Prerna's favorite in case you were sleeping.
2: Yay! Good choice, good choice.
1: <laughs> so That, that is uh, one email and this email is from Vignesh. Abhinandan asked the listeners to check out NL's previous work in the previous episode. I'd like to inform you that I've tried in the past. And as much as I love the old, soon-to-be-updated website, it isn't really suited for the task. NL's Twitter handle does a good job with its NL archive initiative, and it would be nice if things were more accessible. So I'd like to recommend that the NL team compile their favorite pieces, could be on their favorite NL work or other NL pieces that they consider significant, and give us the links in one place, the cheapest and most convenient way. I guess you could... Mm. I guess would be to create an Instagram story highlights of your IG page. That's a great idea. Vignesh, I shall share this with both Meghna and uh, Chitranshu. And we shall, uh, with the new website, I'm sure we'll have the archive section better and we'll have better listings of it also. And just one more quick email. Shashank says, this is with regard to the latest hafta. It is stemming from Manisha said in the past about education. The 12-year student who contacted you is at a very impressionable age. Honestly, an advice like schools are bad, teachers are bad, textbooks are bad, is harmful. What Manisha has said many times in the past, I absolutely don't mind Abhinandan's advice on enjoying this phase of your life though. VA, VA are the initials of that young boy who had written to us. VA, I too have a rebellious, I too had a rebellious school time, our whole class was asked to stand out of our school because we didn't agree with something, but my buddies and I also studied and played hard. My classmates are now holding positions in defense. Some have gone on to become respectable teachers, professors, doctors, musicians, etc. Some of us also played for our city sports teams while we were in school. Our school was truly awesome, even if I didn't agree with everything. Each of us has a finite amount of time here. You want to be able to create maximum impact with your allotted time. The best way to do that is to get a position where you can induce maximum change and shape lots of lives, like being a teacher, a politician, a policymaker, etc. Thus, taking a study seriously while being very conscious of the outside world is a great way to go. VA, it already sounds like you are in a school with a decent infrastructure, more than what most Indians can afford. Take all the good that it has to offer you and be cognizant of what is not so good. Schools and education are very important. We want good, well informed, and well rounded leaders. Very good advice, Sushant. Sushant, sorry. Sushant, that's good advice. I agree.
2: I was being irresponsible.
1: Anarchists like Manisha and Arvind Kejriwal, they are anarchists.
2: (laughs) Kejriwal, no more. (laughs)
1: <laughs> but Manisha has taken off where he left
2: only when it comes to schools but otherwise yeah no I agree I should be a little more responsible because that person is young so yeah shouldn't say these well, things about that
1: case Ravun do you have any more like to share the Jagan versus the Andhra? Uh, is there any more information we can give Anand do you have any gesture to our listeners from the south
3: No, nothing nothing more has ha- uh, happened on that front um, the Supreme Court hasn't spoken about it he had written it to the CJI So he has not responded to it. But what had happened at uh, the bar associations and all, they had condemned, you know, this uh, Jagan's letter to the CJI. But that is it. Nothing more has
1: happened. Jayashi, anything? Jagan is basically accusing this high court judge of going at him because he doesn't like him or something, right?
0: He says there's a nexus. Uh, He's also cited... So this Justice Ramana's family members are allegedly involved in some land deal in Amravati. Now, the thing is, there's a gag order on the media coverage of this case. So we don't really know much about it. But so he cited that I think Ramana's daughters have some involvement in it. But albeit also, so yeah, so he says there's a nexus. He, wa- he hasn't specifically said what action he wants, but he just wants to point out that he thinks something is wrong. But my thing is that, I mean, anyone who's elevated to the position of the Supreme Court does hold great power and influence over their parent high court. I mean, this is just how the Supreme Court is run. And India's collegium system has judges appointing judges. And more often than not, decisions do come through people like Ramana. So, if something was happening in the Andhra Pradesh high court, it's likely that, or the Telangana high court, it's likely that Ramana would play a role in it.
3: Well, Justice Ramana had influenced just one basic thing, that all the cases against politicians should be expedited. So, yes. so, 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 so the, so, so the, the fast-track courts, that's what he wanted and that... The Even the high court, yeah. uh, I mean, on his recommendation, the high court has done that. So this is what he's opposing. He's saying that why why there is a fast track court, because there are 10 charge sheets against Jagan. If we want to know, there are 10 CBI charge sheets against him.
0: Yeah, but he also says there's a nexus between Justice Ramana and uh, Chandrababu Naidu. I don't know details of what this nexus is. I don't know if he even explained it. But yeah, it was a very vague thing. So mm. And we don't have any further details since, what, two weeks ago.
1: Okay, now this is a very important email. Listen closely, Manisha. Uh, this wonderful person may have um, some help to offer you. This is Tanushree. Tanushree writes, this is my second email to you as your last episode gave me a lot to think about regarding the parallels between science and journalism. I will not be able to delve into the specifics of it due to word limit, but what really got me thinking was the discussion on sources and Abhinandan mentioning that information from sources needs to be corroborated in other ways to present a good story. This is similar to working on a research project where one experiment does not provide sufficient evidence to support a given hypothesis a good scientific story is one where a hypothesis is rigorously tested from multiple angles to reach firm conclusions i would also like to know when journalists are starting out how do they go about establishing credible sources do the motives of sources matter while building a story uh, we'll come to these questions after this bit i love watching nuisance even the Manisha has to pay a heavy price for it as a neuroscience researcher if given unlimited time and resources, I would love to have Manisha as an experimental subject to make her sit in an fMRI machine while she watches Republic and observe the different brain regions being activated. I think this would make for a great scientific study. I also suspect that for a period of time, constant exposure to Republic will lead to loss of substantial number of neurons in the brain region. dark <laughs> <laughs> I hope Manisha is being compensated fairly just for that and is essential that she is allowed to take vacations more frequently. I love the work you're doing and listening to Anil Hafta keeps me informed of major issues in India. Being in Memphis for last six years and also provides me a unique perspective. Thank you for that. And finally, does Chetan Bhagat have some dirt on all of you that he keeps getting called on News Laundry <laughs> and is defended so vigorously by Abhinandan? <laughs> that is a case I totally get it, and I will not hold it against Anil. Team. Tanushree. Tanshi, first of all...
2: Yeah, someone messaged me also recently and said that Abhinandan should stop flirting with Chetan Bhagat. Who said? So so openly. Who said this? I was going to say someone and like leave it mysteriously, but it was Rajshri. Okay. So <laughs> I, I'm flirting with Chetan.
1: It's okay. like it's very
2: embarrassing how you're flirting with him so openly.
1: Okay, I don't know why I'm flirting with him so openly. Uh, all I'll say, Tanushri, is that I have told him that he are not the kind of books that I would read and I do think they are very basic but i do think that he has been given a lot of flack uh by uh, the intellectual elite or the so-called intellectual elite which is undeserved uh and i maintain that on other stuff you know i i, I won't defend other stuff but I, that's why i call it but th- these questions are do the motives of a source matter and how do you go about establishing credible sources one thing sir i'm sure it has a lot to do with the mentorship because i mean those who work under you will get access to your sources and stuff right how how does that go ah,
3: because the motive really i mean you can easily if you're speaking to your for example i had gone to a very senior police official and he had given me the entire story of the delhi riots so 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 i knew his motive i knew that what he's he's trying to plant and uh, obviously i will not buy it i'll just come back i will know his I know what Delhi police is trying to do. So, I will just educate my reporters. This is what is happening in Delhi police. But you won't take that as a... I won't take it as a...
1: But how do you establish sources? I mean, as you are... No,
3: sources, sources, establishment does not happen in one day or two days. Uh, It uh, takes years. Lots of tea drinking with bureaucrats. I What? Lots of chai drinking
2: with bureaucrats. Chai
3: drinking. No, 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 no. Bureaucrats in my... My experience is that all these IAS officers and IPS officers, they do not give you a story. They are just, you need to be friendly with them just to get a quote from them. So I, I have a different theory. So I had, and, and and when it comes to a source like in CBI, you need to nurture, you know, from uh, from a constable to the the top level uh, official, official in an important case like 2G scam you know so so only then you get the true picture otherwise you will not be able to get true picture so so i think uh, it takes years it takes years and and then then uh, also with your experience you will know that who is planting like for example i know that anything that comes from ib has to be taken with a pinch of salt i mean maybe maybe you will not you have to t- test it or retest it again and again so so that that is how we do it.
0: But it makes yeah. you wonder, no? Like, I mean, mm. I we were always told that you sort of need to be physically present to cultivate sources. They need to have face time with you. They need to know who you are. You need to sort of hang out in a place and try and build that sort of relationship. So it makes you wonder what that would be like building sources in the time of a pandemic. Like when stuff like that FaceTime
2: is just not and people just don't want to do Zoom because you can be recorded or whatever that doesn't offer that kind of of intimacy where you can keep your phone down and I know in this government a lot of sources insist to even keep your phone back home when Mm. you come for a meeting I I don't do beat reporting but I have a lot of friends who report on various ministries and a lot of their sources tell them not to carry their phones I can assure
3: you that for sources uh, you don't need a PIB card you don't mm-hmm. need need a Delhi government accreditation card because mm-hmm. sources do not meet in their offices. Okay, yeah, the yeah. good sources, the credible sources, do not meet their own office. I mean, those sources, these sources who really want to like like the one story which got me Ramnath Goenka. I mean, I was not meeting them in the office because the CBI director had seen the one year of uh, you know. When I did, when I broke that story, the CBI director, Ranji Sina, he checked CCTV footage of the entire CBI building for one year. To see who you had met. To see who you had met. Ah, so, 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 so they were just trying to find out who are these people, DNA, who had come from DNA. They checked all the registers. So, so the good credible sources do not meet. And after that also, I'll say that, uh, I mean, as I said that it takes years so ears means i mean you you will 100% believe these people but still you need to corroborate i still feel you need to corroborate we did corroborate you know what i whatever i got in that case also so we we, we you you need to hit the field and you need to get multiple uh, rechecking these facts through multiple uh, you know
2: and i think most reporters would say that all sources have motives huh. there, there is no motive less source yes. very few are great samaritans purely driven by public interest yes. most people have motives and most reporters make themselves aware of that motive so that their story is balanced and they're aware of their sources biases or sources motivations so they can balance it out in how they report it and mm. make sure that they have all sides covered so, but I would really love to take her up on her suggestion on conducting my brain experiment <laughs> as I watch Republic. I think it's a fabulous idea, uh, and we should actually do it on a few more people. So it'll it'll really be a fascinating. I think you group. and your team. Yeah, our team, team, but also maybe like regular news consumers. Also, mm-hmm. we are maybe a little more discerning will be a than the average study. news consumer. That but I think uh, it'll be fantastic. <laughs> uh, we should really do that. I think it'd be one of its kind. Yeah, I think you
0: should always assume that your source has an ulterior motive the best way to operate assume that he's talking to you for a reason and you figure out what his reason is but which is also why you don't solely depend on a source right your source tells you something your the point is that you're supposed to investigate it so once you do that then you're clearing off whatever bias your source may have and you're corroborating it with other other information
1: anyway um, tanushit about your question the one thing that i do like about chetan which he has which a lot of others don't if you go back a few years you see on twitter i've been very nasty to him when he said that, what do historians do? And I, you know, I attacked him that you're uneducated, you know, you're buffoonish. In spite of that, he engages with you, which is a lot more than I can say for very senior quote unquote journalists who I have interacted with in Delhi, who are, you know, seen as wonderful liberal people. You disagree with them, or you say something mean to them, they will sulk till their obituary appears on the paper. And till date, many of these people will not talk to me because eight years ago I had been mean to them. So that I think is something that I find extremely good about Chetan. He can take it in the jaw, laugh it off and move on, which I value in people. And you know, regarding this source, this is another thing that in journalism, a journalist who has a lot of sources is actually very valuable. Just like in banking, if you move from one bank to the other, you bring your clients with you in private banking. You have five millionaires who bank with you, you'll, those five millionaires will move with you. Which is why in banking they give that gardening leave for three months so that you don't take your clients with you. Same thing happens in sales. So while journalists do not move clients with them, maybe some do, we don't hire those. But the one that thing they do move is sources. So that is valuable for a reporter. uh reporter. Then this email is from Harish. He says, just want to opine on Abhinandan's query on why the BJP is strong in Karnataka, but not in Kerala, though there is strong RSS presence in both states. There are a couple of reasons. One is demography. Kerala has less than 54% Hindus while Karnataka has 85% Hindu population. The other reason is that Kerala does not have a history of Muslim rule while Karnataka has had centuries of it, especially in the north of the state. So it's hard to motivate the Hindus of Kerala with historical grievances when none exist. The same lack of historical grievances is also present in Tamil Nadu, which again had minimum Muslim rule. On the other hand, Karnataka and the two Telugu states are ripe for BJP expansion. It's a general pattern in India. Wherever there has been historical Muslim rule, BJP is strong. North, West, and some parts of South. And when there was and where there was none, BJP is weak. The Far East, Kerala, Tamil Nadu. Harish Nair. That's uh, very well explained, Harish. Thank you so much. This is why we learn so much more from our subscribers than I'm sure they learn from me. But uh, yeah, uh, Jashri, now tell us about France. What's happened? And uh, it's clearly divided along religious lines, right? Across the world. Yeah. France and, and uh, yeah, Erdogan. Ka jagda.
2: Mostly it's Islamic countries versus France, no? Yeah, but so um, so you guys I think on the last
0: hafta had discussed how a school teacher was beheaded after showing cartoons of the Prophet. So the thing with France is that it has a very complicated sort of history with Islam. I think it has about 10% of its population is Muslim. And uh, Macron has now called for an Islam of enlightenment, if I'm correct, which by which he means a French version of Islam, where it's separated from other Islamist values like separatism and violence and so on. And uh, so, of course, this has got a lot of flack from Muslim countries who are banning goods, who are, Turkey has spoken out, but I think also what is very important is that the way that France has handled Muslim, its Muslim population almost historically tells a very different story after macron's comments recently they've they or oh, they've called i think 50 charities which are run by muslim entities have been called enemies of the french republic and these include charities that do extremely good work but uh, the government has said that they are run on islamic values of violence and extremism and uh, historically france has also been very controversial in its treatment of its population. They're trying to introduce an anti-separatism bill to crack down on radicalism that's due to be introduced in parliament in December. It's calling for stricter control on mosques. It's also It has also always said that Muslims need to be very open to the idea of ridicule, but it doesn't have the same standards when it comes to things like anti-semitism or Zionism or criticism of Israel. That it cracks down on very quickly in France, but Criticism of Islam is something that you're sort of expected to take it on the chin. So I think there is a great amount of hypocrisy in how France views this. And I think it's not surprising that oh, it's got the flack that it's getting now. Because for Macron to dub an entire religion as a religion of violence is, I mean, it's pretty shocking. It's another example of the Islamophobia that we're seeing everywhere. Like We were talking about the Faridabad students' killing and the response to it. It's pretty much the same thing, where Islam, again, is the bad guy.
1: I think the two things. One is, of course, what Macron said, I don't entirely agree with what Jayashree said. A, I think uh, their entire rule of not displaying religious symbols is across religions. It's not only for
0: Sikhism Islam- and all
1: as well. What you said about the anti-Semitism versus the Islamophobia or the perception of it. Hmm. I think one big difference, I was just seeing this poll and I'll just try to pull it out when others are weighing in. Hmm. That while uh, 85% or 95% of the Muslims uh, in uh, France feel that you know violent reaction to ridicule of the Prophet or Islam, they condemn it, they're against it, which, I mean, something like Pakistan will be the other way around. Because I remember when that guy who killed uh, Artish's father was showered in petals when he went to court.
2: Salman Taseer.
1: But in uh, France, the amount who think that such cartoons should not be made because it's provocative is also 75%.
0: I've I've got those numbers if you want it. Yeah, 82% yeah. said uh, they oppose attacks on blasphemers, but 70% I think thought publication of cartoons is unnecessarily provocative.
1: Yeah, now th- that is, I think, the unique bit about, while I do get Islamophobia exists, at the same time, there may be people who say that you, thou shalt not work on Sabbath or whatever Sunday, but, you know, if you uh, open your shop on Sunday, they won't lop your head off. Whereas if you'd rather profit, they will lop your head off. And the amount of the population that may not support that, but does not support the making of the cartoon either is way too high in poll after poll conducted, which has been quoted often in American media amongst American Muslims as well. So I do believe there is a lack of critical mass of liberal agendas being pushed in the Islamic space. And we've discussed this before, I think when Miraj was on the panel as well.
0: I was going to say, but wouldn't that exist in other religions as well? I mean, I'm sure if you took a poll and said, oh, how many of us are okay with cartoons that depict Rama doing X, Y, Z, or, you know, that sort of lambast Hindu gods, the same sort of results we'd also see, where 80 or 70% would say, no, we don't support it.
1: I'm not sure about that. I mean, we'd like to, but I think the fact that it has existed for so long, hmm. I'd say there is a critical mass of people who are powerful enough to say that no one's head should be locked off. I think that yeah. is a, is a new thing where people are, garlanded for stabbing or uh, you know lynching all sorts of uh, horrific communal crime and I think that is a very political agenda driven kind of but I think as a general cultural value I I don't think so I mean for example and that's because it's not prescribed anywhere that you cannot draw Ram or it's not prescribed anywhere like the amount of people people have fun with Ganesh I mean that is a tradition right how mm-hmm. you can show Ganesh and like Vinodhu has a collection of Ganeshas in his house in fact uh, you know showing a, Durga as a migrant this time in I mean what what I'm saying is there is there is no text that says you can't do this where is there there is a text that says you can't do this and people act on that I think that distinction that nuance is important to point out because any criticism does sometimes get painted as Islamophobia and you're right and it may have happened with some charities that are um, doing good work but that is true for India as well and you can do both like I have interviewed that gentleman from I think which uh, Muslim organization was he from? Very sweet man, it's an I agree. They're doing some great work. But when I asked him that should women compete? No, they should not compete in the Olympics. Should they do this? Their values are very Islamic. And you can be doing great work, just like the RSS does some great work, but their values are extremely problematic. Similarly, there's many Islamic charities that are doing great work, but their values are very problematic. I mean, no one can deny what RSS did for the refugees when they came in from Pakistan to here. But does that mean that everything they say is great? It's not. And I think that's true for a lot of Islamic entities either. And that may be even in France.
3: Uh-huh. Even now, RSS does great work when the floods happen, whether it is Assam or any any other place. Even now, they do it. But yes, I mean, they, they ideologically, I mean, they there are problems.
4: Anand, you have a view on this? I mean, just two, three lines... Uh... I think it is a kind of situation where I recall Nepal. He says that these kind of classes just result into a class of jargons, and uh, and that Islamophobia versus liberalism, and both have, both have actually somehow uh, get caught into their jargons, and uh, but but they could be case by case solved and that was his point that uh, when you stick to the binaries of jargons you become captives of jargons and don't look at the case this also seems to be uh, i think uh, fits into that category there is a case uh, there was a kind of violence there was a state response to it and the state sees a pattern to it and it has responded whether it has exceeded its brief that can be critically analyzed but uh, also i think uh, the point about uh, the indian equivalence of it is not right it's in you you, you see the kind of imageries of hindu gods and goddesses uh, on internet or, or a lot of other things there are vulgar images being painted and the, you go to the interfaith uh, there are interfaith uh, somebody's had put uh, interfaith porn sites and uh, the kind of vulgar images of uh, Hindu gods and goddesses. There are, there. And I don't think there has been a violent reaction to that. Yes, there can be hashtags, but hashtags are not uh, equivalent of someone is stabbing someone.
0: No, no. But that, I, I just meant that in terms of a poll only. If you're polling people who would say they are okay with things being mocked, I would assume that. They would vote saying, yeah, I would prefer it if they weren't mocked. That's just about the poll, not about the consequence.
1: But I think that also uh, operates in a context. For example, uh, and I've written about this in News Laundry, that, you know, when that entire uh, Charlie Hebdo happened, I saw some of those cartoons. In fact, they had drawn a cartoon after the earthquake in in Italy of, Mm. you know, Italians as a part of Lasagna, you know, because so many people died. And A, it's not really a mainstream magazine. It's not a magazine like everybody reads. It's a very small out to offend. They've done some very horrible things and some of those, they weren't funny. But I remember at that time, a conversation started happening on the aesthetics of Charlie Hebdo. Now, 12 people have just been killed. Is that the time, the context of, I mean, there is space to discuss the aesthetics of their art or, or you know, satire. But in the backdrop of someone being killed, I think it's irrelevant what uh, what it is. Similarly, whether people agree with it or not, I don't think it can be seen, you know, stripped off the context of someone just been killed for doing that. I think if someone's been killed for doing that, I'll double down. Like I will not do it in here. And many people on Twitter ask, why don't you? I don't do it because I'm afraid of being beheaded because I have enough security. I'm afraid of doing it because the government is going to put me in jail. That is the problem in India. And I have said before also, I've been toying with an idea of doing an entire comic strip where you start off with the prophet being shown as nobody, a blank, a black blanket that is moving around and the rise of another ideologue with a white beard. And by the end of the magazine, that invisible character becomes a prophet and the Modi becomes white beard, which you cannot draw. I mean, and the only reason I haven't commissioned it is not because I don't believe, I think money can buy you security. It is the government will come down on you because they need any excuse to go at you.
2: I think, I mean, I to me, the France's situation is very complicated and nuanced. And I think a lot of the commentary you hear today is because many people don't understand This French tradition of mockery and this is going to be one of my uh, suggestions to read also. But Charlie Hebdo, yes, it's the radical left there. And yes, not everyone reads it and they've offended everyone. Like they've made fun of the church. They've made fun of all religions. And it is built on a very strong tradition of mockery, which is very distasteful to some. But it's had its roots in Voltaire, literally. And this is very dear to French people and white French people, right? And I have a lot of French friends who, I mean, when Charlie Hebdo happened to them, it was like Tagore being assassinated, that equivalent. They really worshipped some of these cartoonists. They loved the magazine. And yes, it's very grotesque, but it's a huge part of their culture. And you really have to understand, you know, how it's shaped and what are the influences. So I think one criticism of the French government in you know putting the cartoons on the building or saying that Charlie Hebdo was distasteful or not funny is a little misplaced you're not really understanding what that culture is all about but why the Francis situation is really interesting now is because it clashes with the society in a way that you have Arab first generation children and I think more than any other city in Europe you can really see the discrimination between the Arabs French Arabs and white white French people you can literally see in the jobs people do in, in the people who pick up garbage from streets or, you know, collect dumpsters, you can literally see a society very divided racially. And you have, when you go to uh, sort of, uh, not slums, but what do you call them? You call them Bolivia, but uh, suburbs where most of the immigrants stay they're really different from where the rest of the uh, white people stay. So there's a huge division and enter, you have a space like Charlie Hebdo and where most French people feel that, no, it's okay to, if we can mock Christianity and if we can mock Judaism, we can mock Islam in the same way, which is their tradition and it's their culture. But then you have this population that, you know, is already alienated and can feel more alienated because of it. So I think it's, I think it's super complicated for a government to handle that. And I, I am sympathetic towards the French view in the sense that they don't want to give up on the years of enlightenment that they've got in terms of being able to be completely grotesque in their criticism of a religion or of a people. It's very dear to them, that form of satire. So it's very difficult to tell them, hey, now why don't you unlearn you know, what you've learned from centuries and now adapt to these new people. But then you also have to look at the state's role and how they've completely failed at assimilating people to French culture. And there's so many ways of doing that, assimilating um, Arab immigrants. So by in which that I mean. sense,
3: Macron uh, advocated for Islam of... He wants Islam
2: of France and that's, it's very uniquely French to want that because they are a people who are, I mean, more than um, the US or more than, you know, even any other country. They're very, very proud of their culture and they're, it is very, uh, in terms of at least religion, I can say that it's a country that really hates religion. I can't speak for the whole country, but at least from the friends that I know that there's a hatred for religion, which I haven't seen in many other countries. I mean, even atheists mostly are indifferent to people who are religious or at least okay with people practicing their religion, even if they don't, you know, believe in, the, believe in religion. But France has this tradition of really pushing it, pushing boundaries and making people really, you know, come out of whatever religious stupor, maybe it has something to do with, you know, their history. Of course it does, but it's, a, it's really a clash of two civilizations, and two thoughts. So, so, I mean, I would say it's very simplistic to say that, you know, to criticize Charlie Hebdo for even the aesthetics of what they do because it is built on something very dear to them and which has had a long tradition.
1: Raman, sir, do you have a view? No, I think
3: Manisha has really explained it very well. Uh, Yes, the unique uh, aspect is India has also jumped into this. They have criticized Turkey and Pakistan. For attacking France on this issue. I'm Macron on this issue. And uh, perhaps this is for the first time that India is commenting into getting ah, into religious oh, matters. Religious mm-hmm. matters. Now,
1: that is Here's us. where
4: Islamophobia enters. Ah.
1: Hmm. Anand, you were saying something?
4: No, no. What I am saying is that people have instinctive responses to it. They just give it a dressing or some intellectual arguments. But basically, what is their temperament to things? that matters and uh, you see in a lifetime you will not solve these things that they know that they know that these things are perennial classes but they have instinctive responses to it and the philosophical arguments intellectual arguments are just coverings second thing is that uh, having said all that uh, i am against point proving activities to prove a point do something do something even if, and just to prove a point irrespective of what mm. millions of people think so in that way uh, my instinctive response i am not giving it a philosophical cover is that these kind of drawings could be avoided
1: right and uh, the interview i was talking about is we we'll link it it's an i agree i did with Muhammad ahmed Saab of the jamaat islami hind uh, where they spoke in favor of the rss and how he said there is no such thing as marital rape and what is a woman's role in society. So it's an organization that has done some great work, but it is steeped in one kind of Islamic value, which I find very, very problematic. And uh, yeah, uh, and the whole I agree was to call that out. So for those of you who said that I only do I agrees with the Hindu nuts, uh, do have a look. And he's a way more likable person than some of the Hindu nuts I've interviewed, just FYI. He was really sweet. Yeah. In fact,
4: you know, I, I <laughs> think Hindu Hindu nuts is an extremely pro- problematic uh, phrase. Please revise that. What is Hindu nuts? <laughs> <laughs> it is the equivalent of a Muslim nut. No, no, no. Explain. No, I, I don't approve of that. What is Hindu nuts? I, I, I disapprove of Muslim nuts also. Okay.
2: Okay, I, I approve of He both. generally disapproves of nuts. But
1: no, the, when, I, when he said, now that you can't have, um, that homosexuality should not be allowed, so I said, this is what the ratio is in India of men and women. And I said, and my religion doesn't allow, and I said, on top of that, your religion is allowing one for four. So you're reducing the, this thing even more. <laughs> then, then what will happen to people like me? And then you don't even want people like me to find people like me. Like, you know, let's say that there's for 50 million leftover men. So then maybe they embrace homosexuality. He says, no, I'll find you a girl. Don't worry, <laughs> beta. He was very really sweet, you know. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, he's a very likable guy, but at a very fundamental level, I think it's deeply problematic the way he thinks. So these are two different things, you know. So just uh, a couple of uh, emails. This one is from Nachiket. He says, I'm writing to you from Paris, a city I call home. And that feels a little besieged on several fronts at the moment. I would like to therefore apologize for the slightly pessimistic tone of this mail. Over the last two weeks, I have found it impossible to contain my sense of horror and revulsion at the brutal killing of a French middle school teacher. I remember as a student how deeply one appreciated teachers who tried to connect the often abstract cookie cutter contents of the syllabus to the world around us. Mr. Samuel Patti, I am not sure how you pronounce the name, was doing exactly this when he decided to show those caricatures which sealed his fate. His death comes on the heels of multiple terrorist attacks in this country whose stated aim was to avenge insults to the prophet. I wonder what sullies the Prophet's name more. A few misguided cartoons or the spilling of innocent blood in his name. The French state is far from blameless in its hounding of minorities, arrogant racist attitudes, and a pervasive culture of Islamophobia that has only gained ground in this country. At the same time, there is a genuine sense of outrage among many ordinary Muslims at perceived insults to their faith. Blinding ourselves to either fact would be deeply unhelpful and intellectually dishonest. In the end, I fear acts such as these are only going to deepen the divisions within a society that is finding it increasingly hard to maintain its pluralistic character greatly appreciate the work you guys are doing at news it keep the haftas coming nachiket i think nachiket has kind of summed up a french discussion pretty well in less than 300 words so thanks nachiket for that uh, and i do believe that social media is going to be like dynamite you know when alfred nobel invented it he thought it would have some constructive purpose Uh, Similarly, we thought social media will bring us all closer. I think it has had exactly the opposite impact on society. Uh, Well, let's see how it plays out going forward. On that note, Anand, let's have your recommendations.
4: Basically, I have two recommendations. First is, uh, uh, the last time when I came here, I recommended two books I forgot to limit. Uh, in that same league of uh, introductory books on Bihar society and politics, contemporary politics, I missed one. Uh, and that was uh, Post-Mandal Politics in Bihar by Shanjay Kumar. It's a very informative read on some of the electoral patterns in. In Bihar, so that's that is an addition to that. Second is a, a seamless recommendation of uh, a quite tedious uh, piece that I myself wrote. It's a two piece, a, a two part piece on the evolution of social coalitions in Bihar politics and the various patterns of social alliances in Bihar politics of last 70 years. And so my ambitious target is to have uh, at least four or five people read that. So I myself have obviously read that and the editor who edited must have read that. So four or five people should also read that. So that that, that would be five, six, seven. Uh, <laughs> because I, I doubt that people read the, uh, those kind of pieces, but I I want, really wanted to write that. Uh, Third is uh, a new book uh, by Arun Shrori, and uh, that is uh, preparing for death. So, mm. preparing for death is uh, death. is something which uh, this that is a topic I think about most uh, day. Day I think we are buckets with huge holes; the water is coming out, and it will be empty someday. So uh, we are gradually. What a joyful!
2: Going to... What a joyful note! <laughs> <laughs>
4: This book is not the kind of book I really wanted to write, uh, read on death, but still, still the, the topic is interesting. I read uh, last night, I finished it, and uh, he has uh, um, basically worked on the premise that uh, that is the only inevitability and we are um, somehow rebelling against it by doing different things, but it will come. And we need to prepare for that. Now, prepare is a problematic word here. I think don't think he has put it that well. But still, he has given different traditional as well as new approaches towards death. Uh, it's not a very high quality work, but at least the topic is fascinating. That's
0: hmm. Yeah, so I have two recommendations. And they are both podcasts. So I feel very proud and smug. So the first one is called So, It's on Suno India. It's about the trials and tribulations, the joys and sorrows of being fat in India. So how anybody that doesn't fit into what is perceived as normal or ideal is shamed, it's bullied. And I think this is one of the first times that two Indian women speak so frankly about their experiences, how complete strangers come up to them and offer them health advice or paternalistic advice on their weight. So it's a great podcast. Season two has just started. So please check it out. Uh, My second recommendation is a podcast called 1619, it's by the New York Times. 1619 is when a ship carrying 20 slaved Africans arrived in Virginia. This was followed by 250 years of slavery. So the podcast tracks the brutality of capitalism by tracing it back to the plantations. It tracks the story of black land ownership, the civil rights movement, so many other things. And it really makes you wonder like what kind of scale of podcast they could have done or that could be done on cast in India, something on these lines. So it's a great listen. I do have a third recommendation, but I'm not sure if someone's already recommended this before, but it's Scam 92, the Harshad Mehta story on Sony Live. I I thought it was great. I didn't expect it to be so gripping. So Mm.
1: I agree. What a, and what a talent the lead is, Gandhi.
2: Oh, he's so good. It just blew me away.
1: He really did.
2: I need, I need to watch this man I haven't watched uh, it. I've heard too I many people it. Please share watch. passwords
1: <laughs> Okay shall do <laughs> Raman sir yours
3: Basant is doing some wonderful reports from Bihar so I would definitely recommend our uh, viewers and readers to read his stories uh, he, he is doing some video stories as well and uh, there's another article I read in Indian Express today this is uh, about the Bhima Koregaon is uh, arrest in bhima koregaon case frame a transformation in india's india's polity and police force by Christoph jeffler so i think it's is beautifully uh, written and i mean he has given a perspective and has also tried to see that how this urban uh, naxal you know the it was coined earlier by arun jeetly and then how the sang parivar and vivek agnathotri developed it and and how it's a benchmark you know in in India's polity, so it's a good article. And the third is, I think uh, I've been watching this Mira Nair's uh, Suitable boy.
2: boy. God, I hated uh, it. Oh, me uh, So I, terrible. You haven't read the book, no? No. That's why you liked. It. Yeah. Anyone who's read the book cannot like it.
3: Okay, I haven't read the <laughs> book, but no, it's it's it still uh, takes you to a different world. And also uh, the fact that nothing has changed. I mean, even today. <laughs> the same so so from that angle i think i liked
2: it yeah the book is excellent mm. but i think she's destroyed it but completely I think as far as the series concerned the, the art design is
1: i mean just just the production design is outstanding i think outstanding. the dialogue is you know it's very no one talks like that i think that really is grating. it gets to you yeah it's
0: kind of like a college
2: play the way they're talking yeah. In that case,
1: it's very amateur dramatics also you can't mother will you come along with me will you mother <laughs> no one talks like that you know what i mean
2: also, you can't condense that book into six episodes, yeah? Yeah. I mean, she loses out on so much. There's just so much of build-up. And Ishan Khattar as Maan, my God, terrible.
1: <laughs> really? I thought he was the best thing. In the I life. mean, I thought he was no. the best. He seemed natural. other than him and Tabu, everybody else was a failure. No,
2: but if you've read the book, Maan is this really charismatic character. He's, you know, he has so many layers. He's... He seems like a bumbling little boy in that series. Yeah, but everyone
0: else was so bad that Maan yeah. was amazing for me. Also, I think he's, he's, got a,
1: he's got a very likable personality. I think he carried it because he's just so charming. Uh, you're right, in the book, Man comes across as a, a, a more authoritative figure than him.
2: Yeah, but, he's charming in a manly way. I mean, this he this guy seems like a boy, like a bumbling boy, you know.
1: Or maybe you were a child when you read that and you're a lady now.
2: <laughs> that's also possible. I read. I read it in college, so maybe I was like, "Wow, I'm what a man! Like, what no, a man! A and man! man. I'm like, oh, oh what such a, a child!"
1: Control man. So <laughs> if you read about a man like that, you'll say, Kya, juddu hai? "Kya this boy didn't grow up?" That's
2: that's possible. That's very much possible.
1: Yeah, it's like you know when I was younger and I watched First Blood and Rambo and I watched them now and I'm like, dude, I can't believe I like this film. You know? <laughs> 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 true. 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 <laughs>
3: I mean, many of Amitabh Bachchan's movies also. I mean, at that time we yeah. really liked, but today you can't watch them.
1: But some of them, like Divar and all, like are, I still think are outstanding, man. Some of them.
3: I, I I like Millie. I mean, I can still. Oh yeah, that's a awareness. Millie, nice yeah. Millie, Abhiman.
2: Abhiman is uh, also. Good. I'd recommend this piece in the Wall Street Journal, Charlie Hebdo's heir to the French tradition of religious mockery. The Slug says the Paris magazine targeted by terrorists was part of a radically irreverent school of secular thought that goes back centuries.
1: I uh, recommend uh, there's one podcast and a video also. One is the Planet Money podcast. They've come up with, A, I think you should watch, uh, listen to the Planet Money podcast last week. They've come up with uh, three of four really good ones. But the one uh, which is who gets to vote in Florida about voter suppression. You know, even a country like America where you can just suppress votes and get away with it. It's so deeply troubling and I think it's a fantastic listen. And I also would like to recommend my, I agree with Mohammed Zab. Do check it out. It was done very many years ago when our website wasn't as popular or maybe you'll enjoy that. And there are two mails, which I'll come to next time. We didn't have the time. This time rant woman has really gone at NRIs around her. She's in the Mm -hmm. UK. Uh, So rant woman, I shall read your email next time. I can't read all of it because it is way too aggressive. I'll tone it down. And Manpreet, you have asked many questions on the panel, which we shall answer next time. So on that note, thank you so much, subscribers, for all your feedback. Do give us more feedback about the new website. Share it with others. Now we have a seamless payment gateway. There are no excuses for not being able to pay because now the failure rate should be close to zero. Uh, we do hope you like this and we shall keep bettering our product and soon the app will also be available. And also, can I please request you to contribute to our NLC in our project? A young Basant has been in Bihar for almost 20 days now. He's going to be there for another 10 or 12. And uh, our target of 5,40,000 is just about halfway there. We're at about 2,70,000. Reporting takes a lot of money, time, resources, energy, and risk. And you do understand this does cost money. So please contribute to our NL project. You can go to our website at newslaundry.com. Click on the subscription button or the Sena button and do contribute to this project because we need your support because that is the only venue is going to survive. Thank you so much for your support should we get it uh, and do spread the word. My song dedication this week is for Anand on an upbeat note about what he said about death and what he said is so close to what Hariwansha Bachchan said rendered beautifully in Mannade's voice. Girti jati hai din prati I will let Mannaji tell you the rest.
3: गिरती जाती है दिन प्रतिदिन प्रलयनी प्राणों की हाला भग्न हुआ जाता दिन प्रतिदिन सुबह के मेरा तन प्याला रूठ रहा है रूठ रहा है मुझसे रूप से दिन-दिन यौवन का साकी सूख रही है दिन-दिन सुंदरी सूख रही है दिन-दिन सुंदरी मेरी जीवन मधुशाला मेरी जी